All right, Abuna, welcome to our podcast. Lovely to have you here. Thanks for making the trip down to Melbourne. It's good to be here. Thank you. <laughs> You're very welcome. Okay, so um, in today's talk, you spoke about a lot of pertinent things, I guess. Um, and I just wanted to sort, I wanted you to elaborate a little bit more on a few things um, in particular. Um, and the first one would be you spoke about doing things with purpose. Um, and understanding, really understanding. And that really resonated with me and I'm sure with a lot of people who were listening to your talk. How is it that we can implement that this concept in our everyday lives? Well, I think the funny thing is that we naturally do do things with purpose. Um, I think the unfortunate thing is we do the wrong things with purpose, if that makes sense. So more often than not, we stop, we think about what we're about to do and then we do it. But then when it comes to our spiritual life or what we're supposed to be doing with God, sometimes we just take a very ad hoc approach. Mm. And so I don't think we're lacking the skill of doing things with purpose. I think it just needs to be redirected towards thinking about God and our spiritual lives and doing things um, you know, that pertain to our spiritual lives and our growth in Christ with that very same purpose. Mm. So again, like I think it's, it's interesting that sometimes that all we need to do is just redirect our focus like and again we spoke about repentance in in the talk and kind of that's what it is it's a redirection you know it's the change of the mind the mindset the way we see things it's redirecting you know uh, our very lives towards god Mm -hmm. Um, you know the whole idea of lifting up your hearts we're no longer in the world we think of the things that are beyond this world we seek the kingdom all of that is pretty much that redirection and so if we find ourselves motivated, be it in career, be it in, you know, study, well, maybe we just have to take that, that very purpose that, you know, or that, that skill or that talent that we have of being purposeful in these other things and just go, well, maybe I need to start doing that with God now mm-hmm. rather than just, you know, doing things based on, oh, you know, mum and dad brought me up this way, which is a good thing, you know, like, you know, compliments to mum and dad for doing that. But now, I guess, as youth, we're old enough to take that on board and do it for ourselves um it's funny because to give yourself up you need to do that you know with purpose it's not just like oh i'm gonna give myself up to god and do nothing like there there is a very you know purposeful action there you know i i make the decision to hand myself and my entire life to christ and again like i said even just as a as a cultural group we are very motivated to go out and do what is necessary for what we want. Yeah. You know, just think about, you know, study and career. You know, we're very motivated in that direction. So we know how to be motivated. We know how to do things with purpose. Now it just needs to be redirected. Mm. Like it's not reinventing the wheel. It's just redirecting it towards God. And how, how might, for someone who has no idea where to start, how might they start? Or what, what are the little things that we can do in our, you know, um, day-to-day mundane activities? What are those small things that we can do in order to achieve that purpose and that relationship with God? The very first thing we, we need to do, like, again, in my opinion, and again, I, I think it's, it's a very good starting point, is, you know, to learn to kind of cultivate an active prayer life. Like there's no point in saying I'm going to direct my life towards God when I don't make time to stand in the presence of God and communicate with God mm. and commune with God through prayer. 
Um, and it's so important and sometimes it's where we fall short very quickly, you know, be it because we have misunderstandings of what happens in prayer or, you know, again, we turn prayer into some kind of routine or, or religious duty like we do with other things that we stop praying, but then we go, well, I just still want to experience God in other ways. But the door to all these things is prayer because what motivates me to repentance is prayer. Mm. You know, prayer itself, in and of itself, is an act of repentance, an act of my redirection towards God. Um, and, and, and that can be in a kind of designated, formal kind of prayer rule that's given to you from your spiritual father who kind of aids you along the path, guides you along the path, um, doesn't walk it for you. But then that also can be in very, you know, informal ways throughout the day. Like the idea of, you know, praying before eating isn't because magically something happens to the food and it becomes godly food just because we've prayed, but it's the very remembrance that all things come from God. Mm. You know, even the, you know, the food that we're eating be it food that I really want to eat, be it food that I don't want to <laughs> eat, be it food that I'm sick of eating because we're fasting, I still take that as a moment to remember that it's come from God. And because I'm receiving from God, then I have to give back to God. And so it's a reminder that my entire life is being given back to God through that yeah. very small action of let's pray before eating. Yeah. Like again, but that could be turned into ritual. You know, yeah. I'm not going to put it in my mouth until I've prayed. Well, why are you praying? Um, and that's the important thing. Like, and we sometimes have to ask ourselves that question, like, why am I doing this? And sometimes, you know, by asking why, then we realize, yes, well, or we come to realize that this has something to do with, you know, coming into contact with God. And so that becomes a moment and an action where I do come in co into contact with the divine, with God. Um, you know, again, there's, there's a lot of things that our parents taught us, you know, get in the car and pray. Like, you know, yes, they, they, they say pray for protection and all that kind of stuff so that God travels with you. That's all well and good. But then at the same time, use it as a very, again, purposeful moment to remember God, not like some voodoo kind of thing, yeah. right? But a very purposeful action. I am remembering God. And all, all that that entails, like it's not just like, okay, yeah, cool, God. But that, again, like because of that remembrance, our heart is reminded that we live a different way. We are in the world not of the world like it's it's an entire package mm. but we have to find those moments throughout the day uh, again let's say i don't drive right maybe i find other points in my day right? like again the whole you know the whole idea of the agbe is the day is interspersed with prayer so if i'm not finding time to do the seven hours in their set times then maybe i leave home i've prayed at home i leave home I get to uni, for example, as I walk into campus, say a prayer. It's a signpost, you know, that, that will, like, again, trigger that memory. Say a prayer as you walk in. It doesn't have to be anything formal. You don't have to stand in the middle of, you know, I don't know, a public space <laughs> and lift up your hands and pray <laughs> in an outward kind of, you know, uh, display of prayer. Um, you know, um, and, and again, like, find certain times throughout the day that become markers as remembrance of God. Mm. You know, like David says it in the Psalms, seven times a day I'll remember your name. You know, we still sing it to this day in our Sunday Thotuke and Tazbeha. Yeah, like this remembrance of the name of God is what's supposed to kind of, everything's supposed to revolve around that. Because again, if we don't remember the name of God, we're constantly remembering ourselves 
you know, and, and our wants and our needs. It's never, a, like, it, it stops being a giving up to God and a remembrance of Him, and then the entire universe becomes centered around me rather than centered around God. Yeah. And so that's something small that we can do and cultivate to always remember God. Yeah. And if I always remember God, then I'll remember what He calls me to be and to do. Um, and, and hopefully that then influences my actions, my interactions and the rest of it, you know, and draws me, you know, back towards his household, you know, to sit at his table to eat with him, which is essentially what we do. Yeah, that's lovely. Um, that concept of interspersing it throughout our day and making it work according to our schedule and... Um, but ensuring that we're still sort of incorporating that in our lives, in our day-to-day lives, hourly, be it, you know, whenever throughout the day, I think is really important. You spoke about that um, in your talk. Um, My question to you then is, you also spoke about participation and uh, engaging in what you're doing and actually being active with our participation, you know, in the liturgy, um, when we're praying these Obeya prayers, how is it that we can, I guess, being born and raised Coptic, it's all we, we've ever known and sometimes because we, we're just so used to it, it becomes so routine and we pray like our Father and we don't actually think about the words. We pray Thanksgiving prayer. We're never thinking about the words. We get into this... Um, routine or this vicious cycle of just saying the words for the sake of saying them or I've done I've prayed the first hour done you know morning's done all good let's move on how can we actually actively participate and you know really um develop that connection with the words and the meaning of the words and the meaning behind these prayers um in our you know when we're um implementing this prayer throughout our day and then the second part of my question would be, how can we do that during the liturgy? Which is sort of a different thing, but I was, w- during your talk, you spoke about really contemplating on yourself and really thinking about being in church, thinking about um, your wrongs and doing that self-examination. So how is it that we can go about doing that in the liturgy and what are our sort of boundaries? Because you can really easily start falling into the, you know, your thoughts and then completely sort of detract from the liturgy and what's actually happening. So how can we make sure that we're um, fully engaging and participating in the liturgy through this concept of self-examination well, to and start purpose? Sorry. Sorry. So yeah. to start off with what you asked about prayer yeah. um, and, and this you know, kind of danger of it just becoming routine in the sense of things that I just do. Um, essentially, what we need to do as human beings is we need to think about things. Like, again, someone who just goes to work and does what he always does will remain always just doing what he always does. Mm-hmm. And if he wants to get out of that cycle, he needs to stop and go, well, this isn't good enough. And so that's, that's essentially the starting point. I need to stop and go, well, is this good enough? Right? And, and, and reflect. And, and maybe if I'm just feeling like the 
everything is just happening and happening and happening, but there's nothing there. And I need to, I can't just accept that that's the way it is. Like, that's not the way it is. You know, we have the example of the prodigal son. If he just sat there in his pig pen and go, well, this is just the world as it is. I'm just going to wake up every morning, feel hungry every morning. You look after the pigs like I do every morning. Mm. He would have never gotten up. Yeah. But, you know, he came and it says he came to himself. He sat there and something was up, something was wrong. And he identified what it was and he did something about it. But I think sometimes we're just happy with the way things are. Yeah. You know, I, I go to church. It's not really encroaching on my life. It hasn't called me to give up my entire <laughs> life. I still do what I want. I still kind of live the life I want without stopping and going, well, maybe I'm not living the way I'm supposed to. Mm. And we're happy with that kind of status quo. I don't want the church or the gospel or the message of salvation to shake up my life too much. I'm happy with where I am. Mm. I've convinced myself, well, look, at least I'm breathing, you know, mm. and, and we just sit there. Like, think about it. Like, prodigal son could have just been, well, what's wrong with this place? Mm. At least I still have my health, like, yeah. you know, <laughs> and, and done nothing about it. But it takes a moment where we kind of go, well, no, 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 this isn't good enough. And that needs to be something that we all do. And it's something that we call to do every day. Like, again, when, when the Desert Fathers keep telling us that repentance is a daily process, right? We stop every day and we consciously think about where am I headed? Am I facing towards God and walking that way? Or have I turned away and started walking the other way, which is what essentially we do when we sin, mm. right? And so... Every morning as part of my prayer, it's not just I rattle off words because that's what's been given to me as a prayer rule by my spiritual father or just because I've picked up an egg and thought this is like, you know, the, the prayer. But rather, again, I need to, like, inbuilt into my prayer is my repentance. I stand before God and I say, you know, God, today is a day where I dedicate myself to you. You know, no longer I live but you. Like, and, and that is something that sometimes we repeat, like we, we need to repeat. And there's a Russian, there's a Russian saint, his name is um, uh, Theophan the Recluse, um, modern day kind of saint um, in the Russian church. But he had a prayer and he said, this is the prayer that everyone should repeat, right? And, and it's not going to sound foreign to us. But he, he said, you know, his prayer would be, Lord, you know all things, do with me as you will. Right? And mm. that's a dedication to God. Yeah. That's saying that regardless of how I see my life is supposed to pan out, if you have a different path, then I need to be able to say or grow to be able to say, this is not how I should be living, this is how I should be living. And that's a process. Yeah. Like no one goes, I'm going to, I don't know, I'm thinking of my son, I'm going to be a police officer and then the moment they say it, they become a police officer. Mm. Like there's a process yeah. to it. There's a process of growth. There's a process of learning. And so we can't, you know, kind of go with God, it's going to be different. Yeah. The moment I do this, I'm a saint. Like, you know, and, and a saint in terms of, you know, my, my fingers light up when I pray. No, no, there, there's a process. Yeah. There's something that we grow into. There's, you know, that's how it works. Mm. And so it's consistent. And so if we ever want to break the idea of just a mundane routine, then we always have to... You know, understand this is consistent growth, even though if we don't feel it. 
You know, people are motivated going to the gym every morning, even yeah. through moments where they plateau and, you know, they're not losing anything or gaining anything, mm. but they still push through it. Why? Because they're actively doing it with an understanding in mind that even though I don't see the growth, it's happening. Yeah. And I think sometimes we expect too much too mm. soon. Right? We're impatient. And yeah, we're impatient. And it's not even impatient as to, oh, I've asked for this, why, God, why hasn't God given it to me? It's like I've told God I want to do his will, why hasn't he revealed it to me? <laughs> I've told God that I'm ready to give up my entire life to him, why isn't it happening? Like, why hasn't something happened? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> and so the important thing is to, to stick with it because, you know, like, you know, like the saying goes, you know, a, a hard heart, a stony heart requires drops of water constantly to kind of weather away at it and that's the thing like our hearts might you know we might kind of feel we want to be with god Mm. but again there's so much layers of things that we've piled into our heart that kind of needs to be washed away and we need to come to the realization that we need to let these things go in order to then understand what is that god wants us to do Mm. and that's why it's important god knows all things therefore i want him to do with me as he will but if I still think I know all things, <laughs> then I'm not going to want what he yeah. wants. Um, and so even that thought process, and, and if that's incorporated into every prayer, like be it, you know, when I stand up in the morning and I stand up, you know, at night and, and, and do my prayers, then that's something that you're constantly going to think about and it's going to be something constantly new. Like, because... If it's in the morning, I dedicate myself to God, like even just in the simple kind of framework. Let's say I say in the morning, you know, this day I want to dedicate myself to God. I'm going to try, you know, to, to offer myself up to God. Well and good. Right? When it comes to the evening, I don't necessarily have to go, well, I'm going to dedicate myself to God again. Like yeah. I can stop and go, well, where did it fall short? Mm. Yeah. Like, that's and good. again, that's where the self-examination comes. Well, I started off the day saying i want to dedicate myself to god where was the moment where i changed my mind Mm. what happened did i walk into the university campus and you know met a group of friends and my entire demeanor changed maybe that's something i need to look into Mm. and that's why prayer becomes dynamic because we say things and when we say things we're supposed to kind of think about them and because we kind of say them out loud they kind of trigger something in our minds go oh you know did i just say this and i didn't mean it did i just pray for this do i really want this like it is a dynamic thing rather than just going okay i'm just going to go through the our father because even like once you get into that kind of thought process think of the our father you know our father who art in heaven hallowed be thy name you know thy kingdom come thy will be done Right? Again, if, if, if the prayer is, Lord, you know all things, do with me as you will. Well, we constantly are asking for his will to be done on earth as it is See? in heaven. Yep. Well, do we really want it to be on earth as it is in heaven? How about if mm. my life isn't kind of parallel with the life that God wants? Am I more than happy for him to have his will reign on earth? Mm. Like Again, it's, they're supposed to be statements that kind of hold us accountable yep. rather than just things we just say because... I don't know, we just say the Our Father before we eat and I'm really mm. hungry. <laughs> you know, and, and in terms of the liturgy is that, you know, it's not supposed to just be a kind of a free-for-all in terms of this self-examination. It is supposed to go hand-in-hand hand with what we're hearing through the prayers. Okay. 
Um, uh, there's a famous Orthodox scholar, he's reposed now, his name was Father Thomas Hopko, and he would say oh, that yeah. in church, yeah, you're supposed to put your mind where your mouth is, mm. right? Or where your ears are, you're hearing things, and they're what you're contemplating on. Mm. And then seeing yourself in light of that, rather than just I walk in church and go, this is just going to be a meditation session until it's time for, for communion. Mm. You're still supposed to be thinking within the framework of kind of what's being presented to you. Like be it offering, be it thanksgiving. Like these things are supposed to be conscious things that we're participating in. And then if our lives don't fit, then we're not going to feel comfortable. Mm. You know, we pray for the peace of the church and for, you know, the patriarch. And we pray for all these different groups of people and things. If I really don't care about any of it, yeah, then if I'm actively thinking about this, thing, well, I don't care if, you know the salvation of this place well I care about maybe about my salvation but why this place like mm. what's this place yeah and so the words are supposed to kind of trigger a thought process yeah rather than just sitting there and going well I'm just going to think about myself yeah so it's following the prayers following what we're directed to do through the prayers mm. right even a command like lift up your heart we respond to say we have them with the Lord yeah so within that kind of framework or that moment, sorry, I need to think, well, what does it mean to have my heart with the Lord? Mm. You know, and if I don't come to a conclusion while I'm there, well, that's something I carry. That moment made me feel a little bit uncomfortable with the status quo. Mm. I can't just go, oh, whatever, it was just church, I've had communion, it's all good now. Yeah. Like that kind of stab of kind of being uncomfortable is supposed to kind of go to me, well, why was it that moment that I felt uncomfortable? Mm. Is my heart not with the Lord? Or when we're called again, let us give thanks to the Lord. And we say, yeah, it's meat and right. What else are we supposed to do? Of course yeah. we're supposed to give thanks to him. Mm. And in other liturgies, like the liturgy of St. Cyril goes, it is fitting, it is meat, you know, to praise him, to him, him, yeah. etc. If that makes me feel uncomfortable because I don't do these things, well, maybe that's something I need to think about. Mm. Maybe that's, a point of weakness that's been kind of like, you know, pressed up against and it hurts. So I need to do something about it. And essentially as Christians, what do we do about it? You know, as the cycle goes, we take it to God in prayer. Mm. You know, as the physician, he's kind of going, oh yeah, there's something wrong here. He's pressed on it. Mm. It hurts. Now fix it. <laughs> like, <laughs> let's let's yeah. work on this now. Mm. And so that's kind of how they work hand in hand. Mm. But again, it's all supposed to be active. Like yeah. none of this happens while we're just sitting there daydreaming. Yeah. Like it's very active. Mm. And that's the important thing. And that's what it means to do it with purpose. Mm. Like I, I, I walk into church with the starting point that, you know, that there is going to be active participation. There is going to be, you know, periods of time of listening, of contemplating, of, of, of hearing and understanding. And being open to the fact that I might walk out, you know, feeling a little bit hurt because there is something in me that I was comfortable with that's not supposed to be there. Mm. Like, that's an important thing too. If we're not open to that, then, you know, we're just numb to it all. Mm. And we just go through the motions, we go through the ritual and we come out the other side. And what's happened? Not much. Mm. And then when we, so we've managed to sort of um, understand the importance of 
really reflecting and examining, truly examining the words and the meaning of them and not just reciting them because the deacons are and that's what, it, you know, that's what the book says. Um, so things like, you know, we look forward for the resurrection, lift up your hearts, um, thinking about, you know, when we're bowing our heads and the bodies, the, the bread is transforming into the body and the wine, um, into the blood. I guess that brings about that thought and something that you brought up in the talk of sacrifice and sacrifice means, you know, if we, if stemming back to the Old Testament and the, the meaning of sacrifice was literally to kill something and that idea of something in us dying in order for us to be able to achieve what it is that we need to achieve when we've had that realisation. That's a really, really huge concept because that, that the the weight of sacrifice is massive, especially in this day and age. We get really caught up with things Um I guess my question is how do we make that sacrifice? You know, how do we come it's it's a really big like you've you've figured out this fault in yourself and you figured out a gap within your life and sometimes you're like okay that needs to go need to kill it. But obviously it's so much easier said than done and like you said all of this is is such a process. But how can we start that, especially if we're reluctant to kill that within ourselves or we're constantly surrounded by things that bring us down and, and make us think, you know, help us justify why we shouldn't, for example? Well, you kind of answered it for yourself with one word, which is justify. Mm. You know, the problem is I think sometimes we justify the things that we're supposed to get rid of. And that's the worst thing, mm. to justify things. Sometimes it's okay not to want to do something. Like you've, yep. you've identified that this needs to die, but I don't want to kill it. Mm. Right? That's not a bad starting point. But you can't just go, because I don't want to kill it, I'm going to pretend it's okay. <laughs> yeah. Right, like again, and, and think in a medical context, there's people that are afraid of surgery, right? And they need to kind of steel themselves up and build up the courage to kind of go, yes, I need this, you know, this, this, you know, surgery. Or, you know, people are in denial of certain diseases they might have, mm. right? And they can try to bury it and kind of go, no, 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 I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine. But to build up that courage, we can't forget that there's something wrong. We can't justify our fallenness. Yeah. And so if it takes years on end, right, standing in front of God and saying to him, I know this is wrong with me, but I don't have the strength to, that's not necessarily a bad thing. Yeah. Right, but justifying going, no, no, this is just who I am. <laughs> it's not going to change. Well, you've literally just, you know, accepted the yeah. fact that you're living with this disease and you're more than willing to live with this disease, this disease which will probably lead you to death mm. without doing anything about it. Yeah. And sometimes we forget that imagery that's there in the Bible about Christ, about God as coming as a healer, right? But for, for, you know, for, for, for God to heal, right, we either need to be aware of our disease or he needs to highlight it to us. Yeah. <laughs> 
right? And, and it says so in scripture, like, you know, the ones whom God loves, he chastises. Mm. And, you know, kind of the worst thing we can do is justify it. Mm. Yeah, and the liturgy of St. Cyril again has this beautiful line. It goes, save us from false justification. So we ask to be kind of, you know, protected from the fiery blazes of uh, da- fiery blazing darts of the demons, mm. right? So like the demons. Mm. The next line is and from false justification, which we do to ourselves. Mm. So on par with fiery blazing darts of the demons is false justification or self-justification. And we think of the parable of the, you know, the Pharisee and the, the tax collector that Christ says. The Pharisee goes up to the temple and he is justified in his own eyes. I do this, I do this, I do this, there's nothing wrong with me. At least I'm not like the tax collector. Mm. Right? And Christ goes, you know, the tax collector who's looking at the ground, beating his chest, not able to bring his eyes up to heaven, literally just saying, Lord, have mercy on me. Mm. Right? Realizing his fullness. He didn't say he quit his job as a tax collector, yeah. right? You know, if you think, if we want to kind of expand the parameters of the, the parable a little bit, like this guy's a tax collector. It's his job. He clearly knows that there's something wrong with what he's doing. Mm. But he comes to the temple and he asks for mercy. He asks for forgiveness, right? If this tax collecting job is all his livelihood and he comes to the temple you know, for years on end, praying the same prayer, well, he's justified. He's noticed that it's wrong, right? He's trying, but maybe he just, you know, hasn't given himself entirely up to God. Mm. But that's not bad because you're still trying to direct yourself towards God yeah. rather than just justifying yourself and going, no, I'm fine. Mm. Right? Like even in the stories of the Desert Fathers, there's some of these monks that, you know, we kind of think of monasticism and asceticism as these, you know, these angels walking the earth and their life is called the angelic life. But then when you read their stories, they spend their entire <laughs> life falling and getting up. Yeah. They spend their entire lives asking for help from God. Mm. And that's called the angelic life. Mm. So there's nothing wrong with going, God, I need your help. I need your strength. Mm. Because there is something about me that I don't want to let go of, but I know that it needs to go. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with that rather than saying, no, 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 because I don't want to get rid of it, I'm just going to pretend it's, it's all good. Mm. Yeah, the worst thing we can do is justify ourselves. Yeah. Thank you so much for your time, Abuna, and your, your wisdom that you're imparting on you know, all of us. Um, everything that you've spoken about today really resonates with us all and um, I'm sure is going to be such great help for us throughout our daily lives in order to be able to implement these things. Um, and we pray that we're constantly engaging and actively participating in, you know, the liturgy and prayer and really understanding what it is that we are saying and translating that into what we're doing um, in it with ourselves and with the people around us. It's really, really beautiful, so thank you. God willing. Uh, thanks for having me, and sorry if I ramble on for too long. Do not, be, do not <laughs> ever be sorry. Thank you so much, Abuna. Thanks for having me. <laughs>